This is Illinoisan Focus, powered by thecentersquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Coming up, we'll look ahead to what to expect next week and get commentary from the Center Square publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb about the controversy around the cancellation of a country act at the Decoin State Fair and other issues. That's ahead with Illinoisan Focus, powered by thecentersquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Hi, this is Chris Krug, publisher of The Center Square. Our team produces the nationally read and recognized news stories at thecentersquare.com, the country's fastest-growing, nonprofit, nonpartisan, state-focused news and information site. We deliver essential Illinois news and information with a taxpayer sensibility through reporting that's easy to understand and easy to share with your friends and family. We know that you want to get a quick update on what's happening at the state capitol in Springfield and across the state. Our team writes short, impactful stories that help all Illinoisans understand what's going on in their home state. We know that you need information that allows you to understand what the governor and your local legislators are doing. Our team covers government and the activity of elected officials so you can make sense of how their activity affects you and your family and your future here in Illinois. We know Illinois because we live in Illinois. Get the news that you need to know at thecentersquare.com. That's thecentersquare.com. Thecentersquare.com. This is Illinois in Focus, powered by thecentersquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Here are some of the top stories from the past week. Governor J.B. Pritzker is keeping one controversial music act for the Illinois State Fair while canceling another for the DeCoin State Fair. Country Music Act Confederate Railroad was scheduled to perform at the DeCoin State Fair but was later canceled. Asked about the decision Wednesday in Chicago, Pritzker said the band uses the Confederate flag in its imagery. The Confederate flag is a symbol of not just slavery uh, but of treason against the United States. It's also a symbol of murder, of kidnapping, of rape. Um, That's what happened under the banner of the Confederate flag. Some have said the same standard should be applied to rapper Snoop Dogg, who's scheduled to perform at the State Fair in Springfield next month. Snoop Dogg used imagery depicting President Donald Trump dead. Pritzker called that political satire. There is an enormous difference, Taman, between, you know, the political satire, the discussion by a single artist, um, his, you know, political views, and the representation of truly millions of people being enslaved, hundreds of thousands of people being killed under the banner of treason, essentially. Controversy made national and international attention as Country Music Acts spoke out against the decision to cancel Confederate Railroad saying political correctness has run amok. A state legislator who represents the Illinois State Fairgrounds says he's worried the governor's administration is on a slippery slope of state-sponsored censorship after canceling the performance of a band at the DeCoin State Fair. State Representative Tim Butler said he's no fan of the Confederate flag, but the government should not engage in censorship. Obviously, we're we're in a very contentious time in the history of the United States, but to have state-sponsored censorship, to me, as, as somebody who deeply believes in, in the First Amendment, you know, is, is a dangerous thing to do. State Representative Darren Bailey, who's also critical of the move, said the Confederate flag teaches about the nation's troubled history. Sometimes these times are necessary uh, to get to the next stage. And for us to be erasing history is very, very dangerous. Some have used social media to call for a boycott of the fairs. Bailey reacted. 
And people talk about, you know, boycotting the affair, boycotting Ducoin. Well, it's very important to understand that, you know, Ducoin or, 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 you know, the local people did not make this decision. This decision was made in Springfield. Butler, who represents the Springfield Fairgrounds, warned of the negative impacts of a boycott. Especially the vendors who benefit from, you know, people spending their dollars at the state fair. Uh, you know, my community of Springfield benefits mightily from the state fair. Uh, I, I hope people don't boycott it. And I feel the same way for DuCoin. Two U.S. representatives from Illinois are stepping up to defend the Betsy Ross flag after recent controversy has associated it with hate groups. Cole Lauterbach has more. Southern Illinois Representative Mike Bost, along with suburban Chicago Democrat Dan Lipinski, plan to sponsor a resolution in support of the Betsy Ross flag. The flag's been used in white supremacy propaganda, leading former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick to pressure Nike to pull a shoe that featured the flag. Bost says the flag should mean more than that in terms of American history. It's never been considered racist. It's been considered an act, a flag of freedom. It's been considered our first flag. He says the flag didn't get criticized when it hung over presidential inaugurations. Many presidents throughout history, and recently Bill Clinton, uh, Bush, uh, as well as Barack Obama, stood with that flag when it's being sworn in. Kaepernick gained notoriety as a football player for kneeling during the national anthem to protest racial justice. I'm Cole Lauterbach. Illinois taxpayers still don't know how the state spent their money in a budget that ended more than a year ago. In a public finance watchdog says it's a major disservice. Illinois' Comprehensive Annual Financial Report, or CAFR, for the fiscal year that ended last July still hasn't been published. Governor J.B. Pritzker echoed the comptroller's office on the delay. You know, as the controller has said and as the uh, auditor has said, uh, there were challenges that were left over from last administration that have caused a delay. He says he expects the report in weeks, not months. Truth and Accounting Research Director Bill Bergman said, excuses don't excuse that the report is still late. And uh, the fact that it's this late is uh, a bad sign for governance and accountability in Illinois. Bergman said the CAFR is used by bond rating agencies to determine the credit quality of the government and by bondholders to determine the value of their investments. Bergman said the reality isn't fair for taxpayers. Bondholders come first compared to taxpayers and citizens. They are senior claims on the enterprise at the end of the day, you and I as citizens and taxpayers, we get what's left over. Regardless, Bergman said, taxpayers need the report to hold the government officials and politicians accountable. In your households, how can we ever plan for the future if we don't have the information about our bank accounts today? And the same is true for Illinois representatives and senators and governors. Bergman said, truthful accounting includes timely reports. We don't have that in Illinois. Illinois' congressional delegation looking for a federal infrastructure plan to supplement the state's $45 billion capital plan, but there's still no consensus. The state plan doubled the state's gas tax and increased vehicle registration and other fees. Last month in Springfield, U.S. Senator Dick Durbin attended the signing ceremony with Governor J.B. Pritzker. I came out from Washington this morning to see what an infrastructure bill looks like. <laughs> Durbin said he doesn't know when a plan by the feds would advance. It was promised in the last campaign. There's been an effort on a bipartisan basis to get it moving. And man, would it be terrific to take this capital bill and make it the 20% down payment on a major federal bill. You can just see what that would turn into across our state. U.S. Representative Rodney Davis said, it's interesting Durbin, who's a leader in the Democratic Party, 
doesn't have any plans. Davis said, whatever the federal government does, it shouldn't rely on more gas tax increases. At, at the federal level, you know, policies are in place telling manufacturers to make engines that burn less gas. So how in the world can we say the solution to the problem is just increasing the gas tax? What we've got to do is diversify. You've got to create a 401k of sources. Davis said one plans to diversify the taxes the feds use include charging a fee to drivers of electric vehicles that Davis called freeloaders. There's plans that are out there. We could lower the gas tax at the federal level and still increase the amount of revenue by diversifying, making it less volatile, and allowing states to plan better with that 80% federal investment. It's unclear if or when the U.S. Congress will advance a federal infrastructure plan. Illinois' new gambling expansion uh, to help pay for some of the state's infrastructure plan is barely two weeks old, but the state is already behind schedule. Benjamin Yant has that story. Illinois lawmakers intentionally set the state on a fast track to open casinos in Chicago, Rockford, Waukegan, the south suburbs, Danville, and southern Illinois. But the state's not keeping up the pace. State should have named a firm to study a Chicago casino this week. That hasn't happened. Governor J.B. Pritzker says it will eventually. No, nothing's going to happen until licenses are issued, um, and that will happen in due course. We obviously need to start with a gaming board. We need to make sure that the study is underway for the city of Chicago. Remember, that's only one component of that gaming bill. The governor has also not named new gaming board members. He says that, too, will happen soon. The deadline to start moving on the new casinos outside of Chicago is October. I'm Benjamin Yount. An insurance broker is questioning how a recently approved assessment on managed care organizations in Illinois would work with the federal government. Managed care organizations, or MCOs, are organizations that handle both taxpayer-funded Medicaid and traditional insurance claims. Included as part of the budget was passed in the waning days of the legislative session last month was a tiered tax on managed care organizations beginning in 2020. That's revenue that would then be matched by federal funding as a way to pay for the state's Medicaid bills. DaveSurance.com insurance broker Dave Castillo said it's like using the same tax dollar twice. The funny thing about this, this is already matched federally. So they're collecting a tax on money they got from the government to put in the trust fund to match money they're going to get from the government. <laughs> Castillo questioned that. It seems to me that they're using money to get money, uh, the money that they got. And, and so, um, yeah, I guess it'll raise money, but it, you, you got to wonder what the federal government has to say about doing it that way. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services couldn't comment on the plan, saying Illinois hasn't filed the state plan amendment. The Illinois Department of Health Care and Family Services said it's working to implement the approach. Regardless, Castillo said... MCOs will likely pass the cost to consumers. Insurance company actuaries are probably smarter than uh, government accountants, and so they're going to find ways to make up that difference. That means Illinois residents won't be paying a little bit more for health care, he said. You know, it's a death by a thousand cuts. Over time, you know, these things add up. Illinois is going to tax the value of your trade-in car next year, and going out of state won't help. Cole Lauterbach has that story. Beginning in 2020, a new law signed by Governor J.B. Pritzker will apply Illinois' sales tax to any traded-in vehicles worth over $10,000. That means trading in a $30,000 car for one worth $60,000 will cost the customer an extra $1,200 in additional sales taxes. Pete Sander with the Illinois Automobile Dealers Association says it could mean Illinois residents put off getting a new car or can't afford as much car as before. 
Oh, there's no question. It could, it could have a uh, it can have a large impact on the industry. And he says it's not something an Illinois resident can bypass at an out-of-state dealer either. There's a provision that that the, uh, the state can collect that and change, and you'd be required to pay that tax. But, you know, that might happen 30, 60 days after the sale. I'm Cole Lauterbach. Even before an official proposal has been filed, a group that represents accountants is coming out against the idea of taxing services like attorneys and certified public accountants. To help shore up the city's troubled finances, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot earlier this month told reporters she's considering expanding the sales tax to include professional services. What we're looking at is um, a targeted um, at kind of higher-end professional services like a law firm that I uh, left, um, accounting services. We're not looking at uh, expanding service tax on mom-and-pop um, uh, companies. Todd Shapiro, CEO of the Illinois CPA Society, expects a service tax to backfire. Shapiro's worried a professional service tax won't just be for Chicago or only for certain industries. We, we very much believe it could result in lost, lost jobs to the state, which actually would end up in a net negative position. He said if such a tax were to be implemented in Chicago, it would be a matter of time before the rest of the state followed suit, compounding what he said would be negative impacts even more. Well, there's always the, the fear of creep, uh, what I would call you know, scope creep in, in, um, in expansion. Shapiro also said higher costs for consumers would mean that they would be less likely to get the professional help that they may need. Those are the top stories of the past week from Illinois. Find more online at thecentersquare.com. Coming up for Illinois in Focus, commentary from the Center Square publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb. This is Illinois in Focus, powered by thecentersquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. We're talking about a band that has as its emblem the Confederate flag. The Confederate flag is a symbol of not just slavery, uh, but of treason against the United States. It's also a symbol of murder, of kidnapping, of rape. Um, that's what happened under the banner of the Confederate flag many years ago in this country. It is today a symbol of racists, of white nationalists, of um, the alt-right. Um, and so I do not think that the state of Illinois should be sponsoring something that is amplifying that symbol. So that is why we took the action that we did. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker answering questions earlier this week regarding the cancellation of the contract for the Southern Rock Band Confederate Railroad, which had previously been booked into the Ducoin State Fair later this summer. This is Chris Krug, publisher of the Center Square Illinois, joined by Dan McCaleb, executive editor of the Center Square here in Illinois, and you're listening to Crosstalk, powered by the Center Square. Dan, what's going on? Let's talk about this Confederate Railroad, which I'd never even heard of until this week. Oh, come on. Seriously? I, I, I spend most of my time with the Union Pacific Northwest Railroad as I commuted in and out of the uh, fair city of Chicago, Confederate Railroad, uh, pretty sure never rode on that one. Well, you, you don't know what you're missing with such gems like she took it like a man, the big one, toss a little bone. <laughs> Sounds like some pretty wholesome entertainment. Um, so the, the story is that the, the, the Department of Agriculture, the state's Department of Agriculture, 
for whatever reason, and I, I'm not completely clear on this, but this is this is how it works. Books these uh, acts for the two respective state fairs, and the the at the Ducoin State Fair, they had booked in the Confederate Railroad, which um, you know among the illustrious songs that you just mentioned, um, also apparently. Uh, comes to the stage with a Confederate battle flag or somehow integrates that into its uh, imagery or paraphernalia or other such thing. I can't understand why that wouldn't fly uh, in the state of Illinois. Uh, I'm, I'm dumbfounded. Well, it certainly didn't with Governor J.B. Pritzker, who um, essentially vetoed uh, his own ag, ag department uh, that booked the band and said, no, they're not coming and canceled the contract. Got some criticism for that because the uh, uh, another act, Snoop Dogg, was also booked, and uh, Snoop Dogg is going to be allowed to perform. He's um, known for some pr- profanity-laced music. Um, his latest album uh, uh, features imagery um, with him standing over the dead body of uh, President Donald Trump. Pritzker, in 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 saying why he canceled uh, the Confederate Railroad and and not. Uh, Snoop Dogg said they're two completely thing different things. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> so there, so there you have it. Um, I, I look. I, I got to be honest with you. I, I, the idea that the Department of Agriculture is making the decisions on who's performing at the state fair uh, is, is, I don't know. I think they should be maybe counting counting hogs or something like that. Uh, or count ears of corn or doing whatever it is that the department of agriculture does in the state of Illinois. The, the idea that they're involved in this process in any way, shape or form, or that we have acts like Confederate railroad or Snoop Dogg uh, is just kind of, I don't know. I just, I'm not really sure that that's in the spirit of the state of Illinois period, but maybe I'm just getting to be old. I don't know. <laughs> you and you and me both. You know what? Uh, the, the band that kicks off the, uh, the the state fair is Megadeth. Have you seen them? Uh, I've, I ha- I'm familiar with Megadeth. Um, that uh, yeah. Okay. You have any idea who else is on the on these bills? Um, Bad Company, Fog Hat. I didn't even know they were still around. Uh, Reba McIntyre. Um, those are the oh, old Dominion. It's a young and upcoming country band. That should be a good one. But okay. no, getting back to the uh, get, getting back to uh, Confederate Railroad. It, I don't personally like defending either side of this. <laughs> of course, the Confederate flag uh, represents some reprehensible things in U.S. history. Um, um, I don't know necessarily that I like one person um, deciding who and who is not appropriate. Uh, for a state fair um, such as such as this, um, it smacks a little bit of censorship. I'm not saying it's 100 uh, percent censorship because Confederate Railroad's not being banned from performing anywhere else in Illinois. They're just being barred from performing at the state fair. I just don't like the fact that one one person can make that decision. And I mean, ultimately, you know, you got to. It's it, this is all about losers, right? So people who are fans of this band who may have bought tickets to the Ducoin state fair to see them. Well, they're not going to get to see them. We, the, we as taxpayers of the state of Illinois have already paid for Confederate railroad to come and we will pay them not to come now. Um, it's embarrassing that, you know, that, that a band like this, that would have probably under 
you know, any reasonable consideration provoked some level of controversy, uh, was brought in and then taken out. So it's a, I think it's a mess. I'll just go right there. It's a mess. Yeah. And, uh, 100% agree. As you said, this could have been probably addressed, taken care of if you had better people making this better decisions, uh, on the front end of this in the booking process, um, uh, rather than, you know, on the back end, having, having governor Pritzker veto a decision that was already made public. Well, we, you can't steer clear of controversy. I mean, we don't have the legislature is not even in session. Um, of course, you know, the, when we just went through the 4th of July, uh, which should have been a time for us to reflect on, you know, the independence and, and independence day in this country. But ahead of that was this matter of the Betsy Ross flag, which was embroidered on Nike shoes, which were shipped by Nike to the retailers, but then recalled uh, in part because of outrage from Nike endorser Colin Kaepernick, former NFL quarterback. Uh, That's not new news. I mean, that happened, you know, by the time that folks hear this, we're taping this on on Thursday uh, afternoon. By the time that that our folks hear that, they're going to say, well, yeah, that's not new. That was 10 days ago. But a couple of U.S. reps from Illinois uh, filed a resolution in Congress, so this is federal in D.C., supporting the Betsy Ross flag, which was criticized as um, in much the same way as the Confederate battle flag was being being condemned in Illinois with its correlation to, to Confederate Railroad at the DuCoin State Fair. Uh, the Betsy Ross flag was the flag of the day during slavery for whatever period of time the 13 star circle star flag existed. Tell me more about this. I actually love this story from many different perspectives. Um, it's sort of the antithesis of the Confederate Railroad uh, uh, story in that you have the governor saying, no, you're not welcome here, um, uh, uh, canceling their contract. Every Everyone is utilizing their free speech rights in this story. Of course, Colin Kaepernick, the former NFL quarterback, the reason he's a former NFL quarterback because he started the, the kneeling during the national anthem before um, NFL games, um, which sparked – um, folks from both sides uh, of the issue um, to to protest. Um, the reason he knelt during the national anthem was because he said uh, he was protesting um, police uh, harassment and brutality against minority citizens. That was his right as a as an American citizen, um, just as it was uh, Nike's right to pull these sneakers, just as it was uh, the Arizona governor, uh, Doug Ducey, shortly after all this became public, decided to pull tax incentives uh, that they, the state of Arizona was giving to Nike um, uh, to build uh, in his state, just as it is the right of these two U.S. congressmen to um, uh to pitch a resolution um, defending the Betsy Ross flag. Everyone's um, exercising their freedom of speech rights. Nobody loses in this one, um, but it is, uh, uh, it has, it's certainly a story that has legs. You mentioned it happened to nine, 10 days ago. Um, people were still talking about it. Yeah. And um, you know, one of my favorite uh, outcomes of this Betsy Ross shoe recall, uh, the, uh, secondary trade market site eBay, which everybody in the world knows of, uh, has somehow, you know, some of their members have acquired some of these shoes. I don't know if they bought them before they were recalled or if they're put out early and, and purchased, but they're going for $15,000. Oh, really? 
Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, I mean, you know, Michael Jordan shoes, some of the more exotic stuff that they turn out colors and different things. I mean, they, they sell in the thousands of dollars and certainly there are some high, high end shoes that, that, uh, sneaker files are, are, are trying to acquire. I would imagine that this is just, uh, just joined that list. So very interesting stuff. Yeah. And, and uh, the reason Colin Kaepernick persuaded Nike to pull that, as he said, it, 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 it is representative of our racist slave uh, past. Um, of course, the Betsy Ross flag was the first American um, flag with, with the 13 stars representing the first 13 um, colonies. Um, some, some racist groups have used it um, in, in some of their imagery. Um, but it's, I mean, it's American history. Uh, the Anti-Defamation League doesn't include it in its list of hate symbols. Um, it's been used at presidential inaugurations, including Barack Obama's. Um, it's not a symbol of hate. It's a part of American history. But again, Colin Kaepernick has his right to feel his way. Nike had the had, had was it within their rights to pull it from the shelves, and it's with in the rights of people who just disagree with it, that, that decision to to pro- protest it. Yeah. And in the rights of the people that got these shoes to sell them for fifteen thousand dollars on eBay, I guess you know. So I, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a fascinating story. Every once in a while, we, you know, one of these, a, a conversation like this comes up, you know, and I, I'm asked every so often about old statues, you know, statues of people that, you know, maybe have been important in some regard historically, uh, but then connected to something in the past that wasn't so, you know, wasn't so positive, wasn't so positive. And I don't know, no reason to short step, but I mean, if they were involved in slavery, or if they were, you know, part of the, part of the Confederacy or whatever the case might be. I really struggle with the idea of taking down monuments to the past because you, you can't erase history and pretend that it didn't happen. And so, you know, when people do these things, you know, when, when, you know, there's these local movements to take down, you know, statues and vestiges of the past, I, I think it does a disservice to those who could pause and take something away from it personally, just by considering it on their own. Yeah, and I, I and I agree. Um, some of this country's greatest founding fathers, um, you know, were slave owners. Um, that doesn't make it right, um, but that doesn't mean they're they weren't a part, an important part of creating you know, the greatest country on earth. So it's you know, I I can see both sides both sides of that issue too when it comes to, for example, you know, statues statues of some of these historic uh, figures. But you know, our history is our history. Um, by taking down such statues, are you trying to disguise history or change history or change the narrative? You know, it it, it is what it is. It's better that we and our children and their children learn about these things and have these kinds of discussions than not. You're listening to Illinois in Focus, the crosstalk segment with Dan McCaleb on the other side of the mic. I'm Chris Krug, publisher of the Center Square. Dan is the executive editor of the Center Square. Uh, Time for one more topic. And I want it to be this census story where this city in northern Illinois, in Kane County, Batavia, is annexing homeowners ahead of the forthcoming 2020 census. Um, the people in the town are that, you know, were in quote unquote unincorporated Batavia. Um, are being pulled into the city of Batavia. They have no no say in the matter. Um, 
why does it matter? Well, it's going to cost them a few extra hundred dollars a year just to just to be part of a, a city that they could have been part of but chose not to be. Yeah, a lot of these a lot of these uh, people we're talking about who are currently in an uncorporate unincorporated areas that uh, Batavia wants to forcibly annex into their uh, municipal limits um, are retired on fixed incomes, um, have lived there in their homes in, unin- in unincorporated Batavia um, most of their adult lives and don't see why they need to be incorporated um, into city limits and pay city taxes. And, uh, you know, it's hard to it's hard to knock that point of view. Um, there's also criticism of Batavia's motives as a city of um, about 26,000 residents after the last census. Um, nine years ago, um, Illinois requires a 25,000 uh, population threshold to obtain what's called home rule status. And if uh, a city has home rule status, they're able to tax uh, um increase taxes or create new taxes without a referendum where the their residents must vote at the ballot box whether to agree to those new taxes or whatever and there's there's been some criticism that may that might be the underlining factor as to why batavia is doing this annex that with this new census coming up next year they might fall below that twenty five thousand population threshold so what are they what are they doing there in Batavia? What are the folks doing? Is there is there anything they can do? I mean, is at this point in time, I mean, you know, if you're if you're in sort of a subjected to a forced annexation, what you know, what can you do? The reason why we raise this issue is because we're pretty certain that this might be something that we start to see around the state. This is not necessarily just a Batavia issue. That twenty five thousand person threshold for home rule is significant for all the reasons Dan you just shared um but what is it you know what 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 can these residents do what are they trying to do I I guess their best um their best position is to utilize their freedom uh of speech rights their first amendment rights to petition the government um and get neighbors and other Batavia residents to back them um to call write letters etc to their city council members and demand that they not forcibly annex them well it'll be interesting to see how that comes out and and um you know for for those people listening uh on the illinois radio network or listening to uh this as a podcast on uh itunes or stitcher or any of the other places where great podcasts such as this one are found if this is something that's bubbling in in your in your town uh, please uh, reach out to us and, and, and let us know because we certainly would like to, to cover that as well. I think it's an important issue, an underlying issue and something that's not being not being covered necessarily, um, you know, in local communities. So, Dan, uh, uh, I'm going to bump it back to you for any closing thoughts. I'm just uh, getting my YouTube on. I'm going to go check out some Confederate Railroad. How about you? I don't think I'm going to do that. Um, based on the uh, lukewarm recommendation that you gave me around the song titles, I just don't think they're going to stand up to my uh, my my values. So, uh, but I, I do appreciate your uh, your thoughts there, sir. Thank you. For Dan McCaleb, this has been Chris Krug. You've been listening to Illinois in Focus Crosstalk, powered by the Center Square. Now over to Greg Bishop for a look at what the Center Square Illinois is working on next week.
Next week, state senators in a special issues committee will discuss a couple of measures that have yet to advance the state house. One measure from Senate President John Cullerton would give tax incentives to newly constructed or rehabilitated rental properties if the owner commits to controlling rents for a period of time. Another measure to be discussed would require contractors to be on the hook for the pay of their subcontractors' employees if pay disputes occur. Be there for those stories and plenty of others. This has been Illinois in Focus. Find more Illinois stories and commentary online at thecentersquare.com. For the Center Square, Illinois, I'm Greg Bishop.